0: So, what we've been talking about the last, uh, this will be the fourth week, is we've been talking about the greatest. And and really, if you turn with me, it's a text. Is a, we've been going off of Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 and 39, but you can't have 37 and 39 without the question in verse 36, where the Pharisees come and they ask Jesus and the teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And, and he begins to give it. He said, to love God. is in Matthew, but he's actually quoting an old. Testament because they ask you what is the greatest command in the law of Moses and he goes so he quotes out of the book of Moses in Deuteronomy 6 5 and he says to love God with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself yeah you know love your neighbor as yourself and see these verses are called the great command to love God and love people today I want to look at the great commission see that's the command but I want to talk about the commission that God has given us. This is the reason why we exist as a church. In fact, in in Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, it says, therefore, and you've heard this scripture, if you've you've grown up in a a spirit-filled church or you've been raised Baptist or you've been raised Methodist or Catholic, maybe you've heard these words, but this morning I want to dig deep into what Jesus is really saying. And so it says, therefore, go. Say it with me. Say go. How many of you have ever told your children, go, get out? How many, go make it on your own? How many of you ever felt that way? Come on. Anybody been there? And some of you go, Pastor, you give me courage right now to do that. Anyway, and so uh, it says, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. These uh, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands i've given you, and be sure of this: I am with you even to the end of the age and see that means god's with us that's what he told Joshua when he was beginning to cross over that 's what he told Moses when he began to cross over every person that's ever walked in faith god's always remind them i 'm with you and see here it is these are Jesus' one of them. how many you know if it's your if you're if it's someone's Last words, while you see them on earth, like your papa and mama, and they came to you and said, Baby, whatever you do, you can't sell that five acres with the barn. How many of you know that's the last words, and you're going to do whatever you can not to sell it? Come on, All right? Jesus says this. He says, Go. And he says, And I'm with you. And so to this series, we've learned how, how much God loves us. That's what we've learned the first week. God loves us. Just say it with me. Say, God loves, God loves us. Okay, look at me. Say, God loves me. Give yourself a hug. Come on. God loves you. When's the last time you hugged yourself? You remember you'd go back in the corner in school and you'd act like you're making out? And... You never did that? Anyway, I was, I was deranged. Anyway. anyway. And uh, just make out with yourself. He says so how to love God. It talks about, we talked about how to love God, you know, how to love God back. And, and how, and, and we talked about our soul, our cry for God. And, you know, we talked about, you know, uh, uh, as a deer panteth for the water book, so my soul pants after you. That means that no matter what I do, no matter where I go, and if it's a longing, it's a thirsting, it's a desire. I can only, my life can only be fulfilled in him. I, can't, I can look to things, but they were, can never fulfill all that God has for me. My soul is only fulfilled as I'm with him, and he's with me. And see, then we talked about last week, Pastor Joshua, how to love others. And none of, none of that, but, but none of that is, is any good if we do not go. You see, what do you mean, Pastor Bob? To understand it, you must, you must you admit, what does it mean to go begins with understanding that God is a missionary God. He sent his only son as a missionary to reach the world. Jesus Christ was the first and the greatest missionary. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Amen? Amen. You see, he sent his son. See, Jesus left his home. That was the hush of heaven. Can you imagine that? You know, he's there in heaven with his father and enjoying it. And all of a sudden, the announcement, it's time for Jesus to go. Can you imagine the angels? (gasps) What? Because they knew. It was that he left his home with his father. He left his culture. He left his language. He left his people to come to our home, earth. You see, to our people, to speak our language, to grow up in a Jewish culture and so on. And see, he came from heaven to live in his example and ultimately died to bring us back to the father. Father. You see, when, when a church allows the Great Commission to become the Great Suggestion, it's over. You hear what I'm saying? It's not the Great Suggestion, it's the Great Commission. And what does that mean? You see, what he's saying is, he said, here's what I'm going to talk to you about. He, what he's saying in the Scripture, he says, go, and he's saying, go with authority. Go with authority. What does that mean, Pastor Bubba? Matthew 28, verse 18, he says, Jesus came and told the disciples, I have given you what? all authority if you look under the bible if you look in the greek it you know what all means oh there you go we have good we have greek scholars in here all it says in heaven and on earth it doesn't matter what what jesus says next jesus had beaten death are you hearing me he had he had spoken to the storm and said stop you imagine the storm's going and he's in the boat and all of a sudden he rises up and then he goes stop and you know the storm goes oh it's you i didn't know it was you The water's calm because he had authority. He was the son of God. He had authority to speak in that situation, in that moment. How many of you have gone through storms in life? And you need the power and you need the voice of God to say, stop. That's the authority that we have as believers. He drove out demons without an argument. He didn't sit around and go, well, you know, come out. You imagine when they when he walked in the place, demons went, ooh, oh, shoot. You know what? We're a threat to the kingdom of darkness. That's why I want you to stay on your blessed assurance and not get out of your house, not get out of your comfort zone, not to get up, because he knows if you really begin to believe what this book says. All of a sudden, things are going to change. Things are going to be different. Things your surroundings will be different. You have a different point of view. You see, I've seen people where go, "Well, Pastor, I'm just I don't know, man. I think I'm going to just go to another church. I'm not getting fed." Wait a minute, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. You're not getting fed. The question is, are you feeding yourself? Are you a self-feeder? Do you feed on the Word of God? See that's why devotions are so important. If you're not having your daily devotions, come on, you're not a self-feeder. So when the enemy comes against you, you go. What do I do? Ah! That's why life groups are important. Yeah, people, but you need to be up in the Word because see, I found my greatest mentors in the in the whole world are found in the Bible. When Moses had his back against the wall, when I when when you want to see how how to have a bad relationship. With a woman, go to Samson. There's a difference between being wise and unwise. Hello? It's because when you get saved, look at me. It's not about what's what's, what's bad, what's, what's good and evil anymore. It's about what's wise and unwise. Are y'all hearing me? You see, and it's not like, you know, it's like, it's not like... How many of you went and saw the movie The Exorcist? How many of you are too scared to go see the movie The Exorcist? Okay, I'll tell you. I went and saw The Exorcist with my friend's Ford van, a, Con- of a, a Con- of line van, with my brother Todd, who, who slept with the lights on to his 32. <laughs> uh, he's a man's man, but he does. I mean, I'm serious. And I remember, I remember going to see there. And when I saw that little girl go, turn that head, I, went, I mean, I literally saw the devil. I mean, back then, that was the movie. It's not like today. And, and man, I remember going home that night and I had my own bedroom and my brother had his bedroom. And, and you know, and, and he goes, hey, he calls me Howard. He goes, Howard, can I sleep in your room tonight? <laughs> and usually I'd say, no. I said, uh, Yeah. <laughs> But little did I know, in the middle of the night, he got in bed with me. And I woke up, I kicked him out of my bed. See, we think, you know, the priest that did it, he was terrified, he was scared. Listen, the enemy and the enemies of the gospel, are you hearing me, are terrified when we really stand up and we become who we are. Because Jesus said, all authority has been given to you in heaven and earth. That never happened, you know, that just never happened with Jesus. He commands and demons obey. Why? Because all authority was given. Because Jesus has all authority. He's now giving us the same authority and commissioning us. He's given us authority, but now he's commissioning us to go. What does go mean? He says while you're going. That means while you're going to Walmart, while you're going to work, while you're going wherever you go, wherever you put your feet, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, I'm with you. And all of heaven is with you. You see, command is a direct order. Okay? You command somebody to do something. Sometimes I'll tell one of my children, you know, when they I got Luke and Libby in the house now, I'll just say, hey, I don't care what we're doing. The other day, I, I was, yesterday, I was raking the leaves. And um, my, my daughter, she's up playing in a little treehouse thing. And I go, Libby! Libby, because she's like me. She's just in her world. (laughs) She's creating like, you know, I just tell Luke one time. I go, Luke, go get the so-and-so. And And he goes, okay. But my daughter, she's, I understand her. (laughs) And finally, I asked her about three times, and she's not listening. And all of a sudden, go, Libby. And she goes, what? Pick up the pot. Oh, Okay. A command is a direct order. Pick up the pot. Commission is authority to carry out the order. See, God never sends a messenger with an empty envelope. What you packing? I mean, what you packing? And we're going to talk about what you need to be packing to have authority. You see... Jesus is telling them to go and find lost people, lead them to hit Christ, baptize them, like we're going to do today, teach them to follow Jesus. See, Jesus' authority and presence are the basis of my mission. He's with me. He's, not only is he with me, he said, wherever you go, I'm with you. But not only that, when I'm with you, I've given you authority to do and believe everything. Everything. You see, the best part of this verse is often overlooked. Jesus himself said he would be with us always. Always. have you ever felt like you were alone? Come on, anybody ever felt like you were alone before? You're not alone. He's with you. He's commissioned you. The second thing is... It says, go with signs. What does that mean? The gospel of Mark says this, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. What is that? Let's stop right there. What does the good news mean? Well, he'll go, the gospel. What does the gospel mean? Good news. What is the gospel that you proclaim Jesus, that his, he had a miracle birth? How I many you know? A miracle. His mother was a virgin. Come on. The Lord came and, conce- and, and, and hovered over Mary, and she conceived. Okay? She was, he was born of a virgin. What? Then he lived a life that was sinless. Say who? Not only did he live a life that was sinless, but he, he, he had a passion. He, he had passion for us. What does that mean? Passion in the Hebrew means that he suffered. He was willing to suffer for us. He learned obedience by the things in which he suffered. That's why I used to always tell my children, when they me, oh, dad, I say, hey, Jesus learned obedience to the things in which he suffered. This will pass one day. But then not only that, but he was crucified. Not only was he crucified, but the devil thought he had him. It's kind of like the old African-American pastor I used to listen to. He goes, man, that was Friday. They didn't put Jesus in the grave. They put him in the grave. They said he ain't coming back. But that was Friday. But Sunday was a coming. (laughs) On Friday, they crucified my Lord. On Friday, they thought they had the victory, but they didn't know. Sunday was a coming and can I tell you as a Christian we believe in the crucifixion but we believe on the Sunday that he was resurrected from the dead he overcame death hell and the grave that's what he did and anybody that's a skeptic anybody that oh, you know that gospel that preach, you know what Have something happen in your life, and you know what? Begin to think, hey, wait a minute. See, it's a story that's passed through the ages. It's not just a story. It's a revelation. You can say, well, it's just a bunch of information people wrote. Let me tell you something. When you have a revelation of who Jesus really is, he will knock you off your donkey uh, like Paul, and all of a sudden you won't be standing anymore. You'll be on the ground and going, oh, my God. And some of you need it I'll just say, some of you need to be, have a King James version happen. you get knocked off your donkey. <laughs> Y'all thought I was going there. I'll just leave it cool. I remember I, I said that one time, one church. It was in, in, uh, in Eunice, and Pastor Jamie said, man, he said, oh, Pastor, it was great, but you cussed. <laughs> a guy got offended. He ain't coming back because you said a King James version of a word. I said, well. Praise God, you didn't need him. <laughs> then he came back. I hadn't been there. I don't know if I've been there since. I hadn't cussed either. So anyway. <laughs> And he says, anyone. What does anyone mean? That means Anyone. It doesn't matter what side of the bayou you were born on. It doesn't matter what side of the myrmantau you come from. It don't matter what, I mean, are you hearing me? It doesn't matter what side of Highway 26 you're from. It's saying anyone who believes and baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe, listen to what it says, will be condemned. Amen. He says these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. See, in his name, by his influence, by his authority. And he says, you will speak with new tongues. That's literally the fulfillment at the day of Pentecost that they began in in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. When they got touched by the power of God and God breathed on them, all of a sudden they began to speak in tongues. And then people heard, and they heard their native tongue. How do they know? How did they know that? I had a friend that one time he was worshiping God in service and he was just speaking in tongues. And a lady came to him and it was just somewhere in Texas. And she goes, I didn't know you knew French. He says, I don't. She said, you were worshiping God the whole time when you were talking in French. I know French. Listen, when I don't know what to do, the Bible says, you know, I mean, I speak in tongues. When I got saved and I got filled with the Holy Spirit, listen, I had one of the evidences is speaking in tongues. That is not the the primary evidence. The primary evidence is power in your life. See, we want to say, you know, you got to do this. You got, I mean, we got people that they don't, they give you jungle juice in order to give you to walk you through things. In some Christian circles, not Christian circles, in some Churches that proclaim Christ, you got to jump through loops. And it's not about Jesus, it's about the church. It's about the building. It's about their belief. It's about their doctrine. You know, you got to be baptized like this and you look like pickle juice like everybody else there. Come on. I'm going somewhere in a minute. I'm done. You got to dress a certain way. If your hair a certain way, you got long sleeves, if you have short sleeves, oh my God, you're in trouble. What? Girl, if you're hemline and you make up, now like you've heard me. I think it's a sin some women don't wear makeup. <laughs> I, th- I think it's a sin that some men, come on, I'm just telling you right now. If I'm on the roll, and I think it's a sin that some men can't grow a beard every once in a while. <laughs> what happened to Jesus? Man, the brother had a beard, all his disciples. That messes up their, their, their whole belief system. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because see, it's like the it's like the Bible says, here they are, these Pharisees and the Sadducees. I'm going somewhere in a minute because I'm coming back. But they said, you know what? You're gonna make you remember Jesus looked at them, and he said, You're just you're gonna convert these people and make them quite twice the son of the devil like you. It's about a revelation of the love of God and the, the revelation of who Jesus really is. You see, he says, oh, I don't know where, I, I'm having a good time, but anyway. And they, they were able to handle snakes with safety. We're not starting a, a snake church. But that's saying if something happens to you, no matter what, if it, people go the outcome, like we meet me with cancer, we go, are oh, you going to die? Guess what? I will die one day. I love what I was telling Pastor Jamie. I said, you know, what? I got prophesied. I'm going to live a long life. Pastor Jim prophesied. Him, but, you know, the sad thing is he didn't, that's the headlines. He didn't give me the fine print. You see, you see, the thing is, is that it doesn't matter. And they will drink poisons and it will not hurt them. That means you might have some, someone try to do something to you, something happen to you. you Everybody's going to be dying, but you won't. You go. How did that happen to you? And they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. See, why is he saying all this? He's saying because people will see that you're sent by God. And they'll say, wait a minute, that was God. But he used that person. How does he do that? That was God. That's what Jesus is saying. When when you're dependent on God and you're trusting God, you just got to move out of your comfort zone and say, all right, God, here it is. I trust you. You see, when you go, signs will follow. He's not, you know, and so Luke, Luke chapter 10, verse 19 and 20 says, Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you will walk among the snakes and the serpents and crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, when he's talking about scorpions and serpents, Jesus means that the scribes, he's talking about the scribes and the Pharisees, the poison of, their, of what they would say. And he's also talking to religious people that, you know, they want you to believe a certain way and if you don't believe this way and they put more laws and they put more things on you and you got to believe this and you got to jump through the little loop like the little poodle did through the hula hoop. And if you don't jump through the hula hoop just right, you might not be right. Are y'all with me? And see, what, what he's saying is, is that he's saying, he said, don't believe the venom of the religious people. They're just like the devil. They opposed him. He says And he says, and it crushed him. Nothing will you, but don't rejoice that evil spirits obey you. One of the words, you don't, see, we don't go follow signs. You follow Jesus. And when you follow Jesus... Signs will follow you. It's the same picture. I love it. I love this picture. Come here, Luke. See, he, he obeys the first time. <laughs> lay, lay on the ground. Would you, look over here? Over here. Lay on the ground. Lay down, stomach first. What he's saying is, stay there, son. <laughs> you, you're gonna preach with me this morning. It's the same picture. It's the same custom when he's given this scripture. He says, You will he says, I've given you all authority over your enemy. When a king or general would come to a a place, a city, and they would conquer another kingdom, and they would take a general into captivity, or they would take the king into captivity, what they would do is they would say, You know what? All authority. And they'd put their they'd put their foot on the back of the head, on the neck of the enemy. And they say, you know, he said, they say, we're more than overcomers. And that's what he says. We're more than overcomers in Christ who strengthens us. That means you can step on the head of your enemies. It could be lust. It could be pornography. It could be being on Facebook too much. It could be being just a liar, adulterer. It could be whatever lifestyle you're trying to live and trying to justify. Are you hearing me this morning? I'm not, I'm not. But he's saying, you know what? Greater is he. Thank you, son. Y'all give him a hand. He did a good job. But the best part I like, he says, your name is registered. That means, that's the same thing. It's like your birth certificate. When you got saved, all of a sudden, all of heaven came up. Hey, let's fill it out. May 15th. 1980, alias Bubba McCann, gave his life. Today is a new birth. Amen. A new birth took place. When you gave your life, like Jenny said, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make people that are dead, spiritually dead. came to make them alive. And all of a sudden, as you, were, you become alive in God, God does something incredible inside of you. The next thing is go with scriptures. See Luke 24, are y'all learning anything yet? Yes. Are y'all with me? Yes. Okay. Verse 20, verse 44, then he said, "When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the psalms would be fulfilled." Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. Jesus opened their understanding so they could understand the Scriptures. When I got saved, look, before I got saved, how many of you can testify with me? Before you got saved, it didn't really mean that much. Amen. It's like, it, it, it was like you were blind. And you read this and go, oh, that's a good thing. I've heard that story, you know, but it didn't really mean anything. And all of a sudden you became spiritually in tune and you opened your eyes and you may not, not understand everything there but as you grow in the Lord God began to open your eyes and you begin to have you begin to understand and listen to me that's why the scriptures are so important that's like your, that's the bread of life that's like drinking the living water that's your food that's everything you need that's, that's like the muscles on your bones and the skin around your muscles that's, that's like your heartbeat that's it's like everything around you the Bible says oh Taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on. Anybody good? But I love it. It says, he says this. He oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. But he goes on to say, you know what? He says, how blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. What does that mean, Pastor Bubba? All week I'm breathing in scriptures and then blowing it out on Sunday. What does that mean? You know, when I went and got my, when they did my biopsy and stuff on my back and everything, a, w- a couple weeks ago, and I was in there, and I, got, and I got in that tube and all the MRI things and all that they do, and they put you in there, and you just have to lay a certain way with your head. I mean, they got you know, all stuck up and everything. And, and the whole time, I just started quoting scripture. Everything that I knew, everything that I, I mean, all of a sudden, scriptures I hadn't thought about in years started coming back to me. Why? Because wherever you go, I'm with you, Baba. Wherever you go, I'm with you. And man, I started speaking tongues while I was in there. I didn't care if they heard me. Who gives a rip? And all of a sudden, you know, it's like, wait a minute. God began every morning. You should be breathing in the scripture, walking around the day with the breath of God in you. You see, we're going to be a church that stays in the book. Can I just say, say something here? We're going to be a church that stays in the book because it's the only thing that will change your life. I remember talking to a banker one time, and he goes, man, what do, y'all, what do y'all do over there at your church? I said, well, we pull out the crayon every once in a while. He was like, what? I go, man, I'm joking, brother. We never pull out that thing. Because the Bible, you know what I've learned as a Christian? When I was trying to learn about other religions, you know what I found out? God spoke to me. He said, Bubba, learn the truth, so when a lie comes, you'll know the truth. Amen. So when a Jehovah witness comes knocking on your door, that is a lie. I'll just throw a few in there this morning, okay? Is that all right? You don't figure out the rest. But see, the thing I love is that when you look at the Bible, when you, I think of like um, the Ethiopian eunuch, the treasurer of Ethiopia comes, and, and God translates Philip from preaching in a city Philippi, and he goes standing right before the Ethiopian eunuch, and he begins, and the the scriptures say in Acts, and he says, so beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. What happened? All of a sudden, here he is, the second guy in charge. He's, he's talking about, hey, man, he's telling the Ethiopian, hey, Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the one that, it, that he's the person that was born of a virgin at birth. He, he was sinless. He had miracles. He had a passion. He suffered his death and he had resurrection. And, and, and when he began to share that with the Ethiopian unit, the Bible says that it won his heart. And he said, hey, I can get baptized right here at this pool. So he stopped and he got baptized and he went back to his kingdom and he proclaimed, "What? hey, listen, if you meet somebody, come on, when you fall in love with somebody, how many of you been engaged before? You remember when you found the one? Well, some of you, you thought it was the one, but you know, I understand. Man, you were just like, wow. I remember when Josh was ready to ask Lindsay, You know, he was, you okay, man of God? Yeah. I mean, I'm not nervous. I'm going go, yeah, right. Anyway. I can remember going to pick up Tracy, and she goes, I lied. Can I? I'm just going to confess right now. She goes, I was living in Olympia, Washington, and she was living, she was in Tacoma at this, where our ministries were working and stuff, and it was about a 25-mile trip. And she goes, what are you coming? I said, hey, I'm coming to see you. And she goes, really? What you come, what, I'm coming up there. I said, what are you coming up here for? I said, I'm coming to get some tracks. we got to have some tracks. And so I remember I, I go into the church. And she goes, and she goes, she goes oh, I thought you were going to get some tracks. When I picked her up, oh, yeah. And I went to like four of them. <laughs> and I confessed my love to her for the first time ever. Then I asked her to marry me. And the rest is history. That's 30 years ago. With six children, yeah. Ooh, I feel good getting that lie off my chest. Anyway, <laughs> and then uh, then you look in Acts eighteen, and you see Aquila and Priscilla finding this guy Apollo, Apollos. He's preaching, and they come to him. He said, "Wait, there's something missing. What he's saying, because he's preaching. He's only." And they begin to talk to him. He said, and "He said, how did you get get to know the Lord?" He said, "Well." through the baptism of John. They said, well, there's beyond the baptism of John, there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they began to share... Jesus with him and the Christ, and he got saved and he got filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says he refuted the Jews with the powerful arguments in public debate using the Scriptures. He explained to them that Jesus was the Messiah. I love it when these guys come to Jesus one day, and I was looking at it this morning, and, 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 and they talk about the resurrection and said, "Well, if this if this guy had if this lady had seven husbands, whose husband will she be in the resurrection?" And I love what Jesus said. You need to, it's in, it's in um, Matthew 22, verse, it's, uh, verse 29. It, starts, it says, Your problem is that you don't know the scripture. Hello? Sometimes we don't understand things because we don't know the scripture. And can I tell you something? For some of you, get in the scripture, it's your lifeline. He you said, You don't understand, and you don't know the power of God. And it goes on to there. He said, If you don't know the scripture, then you don't know the power of God. You see, he says, go with grace. John chapter 20, verse 21 to 23. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Then he breathed on them. And received the Holy Spirit. And they and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, you're forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. See, he, they became born again, even before. The wild thing is they became born again, even before to be, to be regenerated, before he had even died yet. They had a born again experience. Then he breathed on the disciples, and they received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just like he breathed on them, just like, and it's, it's the same picture as when God breathed into Adam. When he was nothing. There was a nothingness. Then God took Adam and he formed it. And then he was lifeless. But God came and he breathed into his nostrils. And all of a sudden, his soul became alive. And Adams knew that his, the only thing that ever meet his soul would be God in his presence. See, the, the very thing that we need is God's presence in our lives. Listen, the bass boat might be nice, but it's not going to meet the cry of your soul. Sorry, sir. Ladies, well, I'm not going to go. I pick on y'all all all the time. Anyway, just see the this this is the great thing. He He said the father gave us the son. The son gave us the Holy Spirit and the son gives and the Holy Spirit gives us a son. See, the way you get saved is the Holy Spirit begins to draw you. He begins to convict you. Then he begins to lead you to places. Conviction is just like God speaking. Like this morning, maybe if I'm speaking and you're living a life of compromise or there's some decisions, there's been some unwise decisions that you made, the Holy Spirit is coming. He's not coming over to beat you on the head. I woke up some of you. And he beats you over the head with something. He's coming and saying, hey, this isn't a good thing. Here's the good thing. Let me ask you something. How do you want a great marriage? Okay, I'm going to give you another chance. If you didn't raise your hand, you're married. There's always a second. God's a God of another chance. Okay. How many of you want a great marriage? Okay, put your hand. You know what? The only way you become... Because listen, when I got... Listen, I was born again, saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, preaching machine, going on the street, sharing with people, witnessing to people wherever I could, you know. And and it's like, and when I got married, I didn't know how to do it. Can I just make a confession? I didn't know how to be, I I knew I could love Tracy, but I didn't know how to be a, a husband. Come on. Because sometimes when she would come to me, it really didn't happen until we started having children that she would come and share these needs, and I would just get overwhelmed and go. And I'd try to tell her what to do. Well, if you do this, this, and this. And she'd come back and so, say, that doesn't work. <laughs> I don't need you to fix me. I need you to listen. And can I tell you something? Oh, that means listening to words. Come on, man. How many are you going to do? And I began to realize it wasn't the word sometimes. It's what she was walking through, what she was feeling, what she was sensing. Hello? Women are complex. I've learned that. They can have a conversation about ten things at one time. That is miracle. They actually said that, you know, there, there, there's a, I was listening to a program one time, and, and they were talking about when males are conceived and stuff, that, that, that there's like a chemical put on their brain that it, 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 it kills part of their brain. So all men are brain damaged. <laughs> and, but it's, it's amazing. I mean, if you talk to a man, it's about let's finish the conversation. Come on. Where's that hunting spot? What time did y'all do that? How did you do it? You know what I mean? Come on. Anyway. I don't know where I'm going. I'm supposed to be preaching. He convicts. He speaks. He's alive. He's alive this morning. He's speaking to you. Because why? Because he loves you. Jesus is depending on you and me to share with people that God loves them and forgives them. He took the, 12, the 11 guys and he began to give them a message. He said, guys, walk in forgiveness. There's some people that die with unforgiveness in their heart. The Bible says this. How can you say you love God when you can't even forgive your brother that you see? Those are scriptures. I mean, that's just his words. See, the Great Commission is the gospel of grace. We, the church, are his plan A. Because there's no plan B. We are the plan. You are it. What? Me? Yes, you are the plan. You see, and the last thing is, is that God wants you to go with power. Acts says, but you, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea. In Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He's talking to the Jews, the Samaritans. He's talking to the Gentiles. He's talking to the Jews that, sh- that understand. He's talking to the Samaritans that are a mixed breed. They're a mixed people. And then he's also talking to the Gentiles. And those are people that are worshiping false gods and living the way they want to. He's saying this gospel, when it's preached, he says, you're going to be my witness. They're going to receive power. And so the sermon is not... To make you feel guilty, it's to make you feel good, this sermon. You have the authority, you have signs, you have the grace of God, and you have power. Deutimus power, miraculous ability. You feel inadequate because God says you have miraculous ability, but then you look at yourself, and you look at your mistakes. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? All you have to do is witness. You don't have to win them. The Bible says in Proverbs, he who wins souls is wise. Wisdom seeks. They just see people that are wondering and they don't, have, don't have any direction. Don't know where to go. Don't know what to do. And you begin to share with them what God's done in your life. See, wisdom is this. There's two think type, types of wisdom. It's wisdom to figure out, hey, I need to get some wisdom because I'm not that smart. Hello? Then there's consequences. Hello. You can learn from the two. But it's better to get wise before you go through the consequences. Because when you face consequences, you become a little wiser. Amen? And then there's two kinds of discipline that we all have to deal with in our lives. I mean, there's two types. There's two. Well, there's two types of pain. Sammy, you write this. It's not in your notes. Two types of pain. There's the pain of discipline. How many of you know that sometimes that's a hard pain? Okay, I'm trying to eat better than I used to because there's some things I need to stop eating. So guess what? As a, uh, The inner Cajun is going, man, what? Another green pea? Come on, Michelle, get that, tough, that crawfish tail up your, know, You know what I mean? Yeah. Come on, get some meatball and gravy. What is up with this salad and olive oil junk? Because the inner Cajun's talking to me. And guess what I got to do? I got to kill him. And he's going, "Ah, Don't kill me. You know what I mean? There's two pains. There's discipline and then there's regrets. How many of you have had a lot of regrets? But God doesn't want you to go to your grave. God doesn't want you to live in regret. God wants you to live in discipline. And see, when you get saved... If you, if you learn wisdom and, and, and you, you begin to discipline yourself, and then when you get saved, what happens is it's not, remember when you first got saved, it was all about what's wrong and what's right. You remember? Yeah. And you know, like, is it wrong to do this? Is it right to do that? Well, ask God. Don't be a judge of yourself. And don't let other people do. Ask God what he wants you to do. Okay, look at me. People ask me, Pastor Bubba, do you drink wine? Do you, what do you feel like? Here's my, you want my philosophy on it? Anybody want to know? Anybody don't care? Okay, thank you. Don't pop up the corks today. Because I tell you what, God saved me from Schlitz malt malt liquor bull. And guess what? I'm not going to let any more bull get up in me. Because I know when, when I put the bull in me, I was full of bull. <laughs> Hello. I don't need to hang. I told that to Jamie this morning. We were talking. I said, man, God, preach the gospel. You used to be, you used to be, uh, uh, what are those those guys at Cowboys? The, I used to be, a, I said, man, God, you used to be a bouncer. You were trying to get people in there, get full of bull. Now you're preaching and get the bull out of them. And he goes, Ha! Ah! Well, pastor, is it okay? For me, if, let me just say, for me personally, me personally, you're not going to say, I'm not going to be like the Bible says, I'm not going to be like a dog that returns to his vomit. Amen. That was the vomit of my life. The Bible, you know, the, and the Bible says, don't be drunk with wine. Be drunk in the Holy Spirit. And I'm not trying to, Promote anything or get anybody, but I'm just saying that's me. That's me. And and Timothy says this now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to the God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. What does eternal mean? That's before time was and when time is no more. Immortal means no decay, no uh, uh, corruption. It means permanent. It means forever, eternal. You know, invisible means he fills all things, works everywhere, yet invisible with us and sometimes with angels. It's the perfect reverse of false gods, idols who are confined to one spot. God can be anywhere, anytime, anyhow, any moment. Hello? Hello? And he says, alone is wise to the only God. Nothing is visible or invisible, being without worthy. That, you know what I mean? that, that, learn to adore him. Even in your moments when you don't see, when you don't feel, when you don't go, just begin to discipline yourself, God. I love you. And we were singing songs this morning. There were songs in there that said, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm with you. And I'm thinking, God, you're with me. You're with people here this morning. It was so incredible. I like sitting in the back. I'm not trying to hide from anybody, but I just like watching you worship. Then he says honor and glory. What does that mean? All respect and reverence that can be paid. You pay it to God. You see, that is only one. He's the only one that is wise, and that's who God is. We can get wisdom. We can grow in wisdom, but it only comes from God. Yeah, I have a picture in my office, and it's a picture of some trees with a road. And I was praying this morning, and God reminded me, quickened me by His Holy Spirit. And when I got saved one time, I was in Waco, Texas. I was not with David Koresh. And, <laughs> and I, I was there, and it was a place, it was my brother Keith had a place, and it was a house that was called the Wine Gallery because we'd get new wine. The wine and we, God would transform people's lives, and I remember standing out there. I'd only been saved about two or three weeks, and it was a discipleship school that I did. And I remember going to this oak tree, and I just asked God, "God, how much do you love me?" And God had me go around the street, and He goes, "I want you to look down the street." And I was looking down the street, and He goes, "And there wasn't a stop sign," and I saw other stop signs. God against, "You know, for some people, there's it's conditional." But my love for you, Bubba, it will never stop. And I couldn't see the end of the road. And in my office, I have a picture over by my desk, and it's a road. And it's these trees that are growing on. And it's a road that I look down, and God reminded me, He said, Bubba, I'm with you. And my love for you will never end. There's no stopping to it. And you know that gives me hope for? It gives me hope for people that have denied God. That it said, God, you're not smart enough. You're not wise enough to control my life. God, I've got it figured out because I'm an intellectual. Well, there's another one. His name was Paul. And I, I don't want what happened to him to happen to you. But my thing is, I just pray that the scales of your eyes be opened by the love of God. And that his Holy Spirit would draw you. And can I just say something? I hope you're miserable until you find him. i prayed that over people before. Can you pray? Yeah. Lord, I pray you make them miserable till they find Well, why'd you pray that over me? Because I want that to happen. I'm serious. My wife knows. I'm serious. So let me ask you, who is wise enough to win souls? God is. He's just looking for an agent. He's just looking for a PhD that loves him. That means someone who knows they got the... they have a poor heart, they have healing in their hands, and they're looking for you. You know? Let, let me just say this. Let me just wrap it up. First Corinthians says, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's, more, what's important is that God makes the seed grow. Think about this: God alone should have all the glory. Why? Because the seed's his. the ground's his. The laborers are his, and the produce that comes from it are his. So he should get all the glory. But sometimes we like to pat ourselves on the back. Man, I did. You know, I want to remind you that you have all authority. Say to me, all authority. You have the scriptures. Look, you're as strong as you want to be in scriptures. That's the one calisthenic that many of you need to do is you just pick it up and all of a sudden begin to let it read. Because, see, when you read it, all of a sudden it begins to read you. And when it begins to read you, it begins to speak to you what God wants to do, how he wants to bring change. And then there's the grace of God. It's God's riches at Christ's expense, his grace that he says, hey, now. All right, let's, let's, let's talk this over. Let's work it out. We're going to get beyond this. Yeah, you blew it. That's okay. I love you. But you know what? You may have to go to someone, ask them to forgive you. You might have to make things right with individuals or people. Then there's power. Here's my commission to you. Now go. Go. You will never reap if you do not sow. Well, I've never won anybody to the Lord. Well, have you, been, have you been going out there? Have you been just talking to me? If you would like to reap, you just got to start sharing Jesus with people. Well, you don't know me. I'm just a house mama, and I just got, I got all these kids. And Well, you know, I work on the rig. And Hey, you run into people at Walmart. You meet people in the galley, sir. You and I have been invited to play a part of the greatest story ever. Jennings and Lake Arthur and Hathaway and Iota and Gaydon, Welsh and Elton and Crowley and Eunice and Mermontov. Andrew's Cove. God's Cove. They all need Jesus. Every person you meet in a restaurant. Walmart. Business meeting. (laughs) or apartment. They need Jesus. They need Him. We're living in a city filled with searching, open, hungry, and hurting people. Do you realize that? See, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It's a command to be obeyed. In order to reach people no one else is reaching... You have to be willing to go places. No one is going. You see, ask yourself, is there anything more important I have to do this week than to fulfill god 's mission for my life? I love what Isaiah says, and I 'm going to be done. I promise. Isaiah says this and it's Isaiah, he sees the glory of the Lord, and, he, said, and he, he realizes he's undone. He said, I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, here I am I. Send me. The prophet is no longer wrapped in his own needs. He wants to, be, he wants to do the will of God. He's no longer burdened by his sin. He's been cleansed. He's no longer discouraged. He knows God is on the throne. And now he's ready to go to work. And that's what God's asking us. You've been forgiven. You've been set free. Now it's time to go and tell. That's the commission. And I'm done. And I'll just say this. I remember when I was a kid. I don't think they do it anymore because they... But I I remember every Monday morning we'd come to school and we would do a thing called show and tell. You remember those days? They don't do that. They don't have enough time for anybody showing because they think they're going to pull out a forty-five or something. my grandpa's gone. (laughs) I did bring a knife one time. They took it from me. It's time to go and tell.